but I do feel his confirmation for, for this that God gave me. Uh, sometimes, yeah, we can be seated. <laughs> sometimes we, I, it's, I don't enjoy being up here. This is not something I like I'm asking Bishop, hey, Bishop, I want, no. this is not my comfort zone. But we hear the word getting preached and taught so beautifully, eloquently by the Joshua team, all the pastoral staff, everybody that's come before. And so sometimes, and I'm just being transparent, it goes through your mind. It's like, well, is this, is this good enough, God? You know, is this, uh, you know, this is not nothing, you know, that's going to blow people's minds. But what my wife, and I am appreciative of a wife that submits to God because she confirmed this. Before I continue, I do want to give honor, honor to our Joshua team, to the different offices and their giftings. I want to give honor to Prophet Massey, Prophetess Massey, amen. I want to give honor to our first family, Sister Hannah, Pastora Ruth, our first lady, and I want to honor my bishop. I need a, we, we have to have a, be submitted to someone because we will be submitted to something if we're not submitted to our bishop. You will submit yourself to something. Hallelujah. If you have, we're going to go to, we're going to get started. We're going to go to Matthew 13. Some people, I think, were just clapping because they realized that I'm speaking and they might be out of here before nine. <sighs> Sorry, I'm just, I'm direct. Here, we get to the point. Let's go. If I, if I can get it to you in five minutes, I'll give it to you in two minutes. <laughs> it says Matthew 13, verses 3 through 9, and then we'll jump to verse 22, and this is why I was saying this is something that it wasn't anything deep, profound in the most obscure parts of the Bible. This is a, the parable of the sower, the sower and the seed. And it says, And he spake many things unto them in parables, saying, Behold, a sower went forth to sow, and when he sowed, some seeds fell by the wayside, and the fowls came and devoured them up. Some fell upon stony places where they had not much earth, for with they sprung up because they had no deepness of earth. And when the sun was up, they were scorched, and because they had no root, they withered away. And some fell among the thorns, and the thorns sprung up and choked them. But other fell onto good ground and brought forth fruit, some a hundredfold, some sixtyfold, some thirtyfold. Who hath ears to hear, let him hear. I'm going to jump to verse 22. And, and I'm going to uh, let you know why, what, what God kind of struck me in the head with. He also that received seed among the thorns is he that heareth the word and the care of this world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word, and he becometh unfruitful. Bishop. In the name of Jesus, Lord, we thank you for what just went forth. 
that anointed word. I pray, God, that the same anointing that rests on your female servant is resting on your male servant. God, let this word go forth the power, liberty, demonstration, and manifestation. Let it fall on good ground in this place tonight. Let it produce what you purpose, O oh God. And as you see fit, Lord, allow your angels to minister in this place. We give you the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 We can be seated. I want to, the emphasis, I'm going to read verse 7 again. And some fell among the thorns, and the thorns sprung up and choked them. As you know, I've, I've read this many times, gone over it many times. But I was, as I was reading it, I got stuck on verse 7. Because what's, what stood out to me is the thorns grew, which meant that the ground was fertile for growth. But the thorns was the thing that was growing. And so, I, you know, I've... I've Y'all know I'm a, I'm a police officer, but I, you know, move off patrol on, and working with our mental health union. We teach our classes at the academy. And one of the classes we teach, and I enjoy it and I like it, it's, it's um, we basically teach people how to talk to people, you know, because pretty sure y'all have had that officer that was, hmm, you know, you weren't getting out of the ticket. <laughs> yeah, you know, it was like, good luck. Yeah, um, but one of the cla- one of the, the the sessions we give them is it's called we, it's ACEs, and you may have heard about it. it's that adverse childhood experiences, and the whole point of that that class or that we spend about an hour and a half is to get people to understand where other people are coming from, where their experiences have what their experiences may have been, why they might respond a certain way, and also it's to get officers or potential officers to understand their own experience and why they might react a certain way. Um, so, and the whole thing, it, I don't want to go into detail. The study, the study essentially started off as a weight loss study and then became a childhood trauma study. And the whole thing is you, you know, you ask, get asked a series of questions about your childhood and, and based on the score you get, a lot of times can indicate either positive or negative outcomes. There's a higher, I don't know, I'm not, I don't know the, the, de- the specifics. Those are on the PowerPoint that uh, we show them. But it's like higher rates of suicide or higher rates of drug abuse and all this stuff. Or if you're the lower the score, you have better outcomes, you know, higher rates of education and graduation and things like that. And I say all this to, because there was one kind of interesting part, and we share, we share this with, with uh, cadets going through the academy, is the average score of an officer is, a, is about the same score of 75 to 80% of individuals that are in prison. Say about half, about the same score. So what that means is, Although the experience, experiences, a lot of them could have been the same in their past, something was cultivated that caused a different change. Right. 
something had gotten placed in them that one caused them to say, I'm going to enforce the law. And the other say, "Uh, I'm going to break the law. That's where I go back to that verse seven. The ground was fertile to grow something. But what was it that was going to be grown? I'm not a horticulturalist. I don't plant stuff. I'm not very good at that. You know, my daughters, they kind of do their little planting stuff. I'm, I'm horrible. Things die. I try to grow it. It dies. But I know some basic. I paid attention in science class. I know a little bit. You know, when you're going to garden something or you want something to grow, it's going to require work. Now, it's going to need the basics of, you know, you got to need some soil, you got to need some water, got to need some nutrients. Now, then you got to work with it to make sure it grows. The thing is, the thorn requires the same thing. It needs the soil, it needs the water, it needs the nutrients. The thing about the thorn is, if you leave soil by itself, if you leave a garden by itself and don't touch it, and let the elements do its work, let it get all the sun it wants, let it get all the water it wants, the only thing that's going to grow there it's not going to be the beautiful flower you wanted. It's not going to be the, be the, the crops that you wanted. You're going to get the weed and you're going to get the thorn. So if there's no work put in, you're going to get the thorn that grows. This is the same thing in our walk with God. If there's no work that's get puts in, that we put in, the thing that will grow is going to be the things that very much look like the world. Hallelujah. You see, we, in order for the, for the plant to grow, we have to tend the garden. We got to pull out some things. We got to make sure we got to build some of those walls. We got to repair some of those walls. If we want the beautiful rose, not the beautiful plant, the rose still has a thorn. We can go a different direction. <laughs> if you want that plant or that crop to grow, you got to do some work and do some cleaning out. Because if you do not do anything, a thorn will grow. The thing about the thorn is a thorn, the, the plant, those, those, those the, the spinas, the little poker things. Sorry, I didn't know how to say, how to say it in English. <laughs> the, the, yeah, the thorn, I guess, yeah. Sorry, yeah, it's, it just... Uh, <laughs> I just went totally blank in that. I reverted back to what we called them growing up. So the thorn that, that, the thorn that grows itself, it's... The thorn is, it's the plant, it's trying to protect itself. So that's what, when we don't clean out the soil, when we don't rebuild some of those walls, and we allow a thorn to grow, the thorn is basically going to grow and attempt to just protect itself. It's a defensive mechanism. That's why when something comes, 
that, that doesn't, that doesn't tickle our ears, we start to say, well, you know what? Uh, I ain't going to church today. I didn't like that. See, that field that is left unattended, thorns grow. That's, the, that's why we need someone to attend the field. That's why we have to have a shepherd in our life. You will submit to something. That's what, You're going to submit to something if you do not submit to, to the man of God God has placed in your life. And if, you're, and if you say, well, you know what, I'm just going to show up. If you just show up to church and there's no walk with God, and because think, if you really think about it, we're only in the house of God about six hours out of the week at the most. You, you count that to how much time we spend out in the world, how much time we're around things that bombard us and that, and that are, are, are there every day, the things that we hear. Hallelujah. So you're, it's, it's so easy to get sucked in and start to, to, to kind of take on some of those attitudes. That's why we need a shepherd in your life to help tend the garden. Hallelujah. The, a, a thorn, or the thorn, the thorn bush. You know, it's often sometimes used. It used to be used more often as as a, it's a as a deterrent to you know if someone wanted to break in your home, you grow some thorn bushes near your windows. It makes it harder. The reason I have a job is because criminals are dumb. If you're saying, well, I used to be a criminal, well, God saved you. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> but, and that's the thing is, it's the path of, of least resistance, you know. if That's why, you know, if you, if you tell you don't leave money in your car where people can see it because it's, people are going to steal it. I did that once. You have to pay for the window. And so thorn bushes, you could put them under windows or hedges. They were a defense. They're, you know, a, a deterrent. And this is the same thing in our walk with God. We allow enough thorns to grow. It starts, it, it becomes harder and harder for the word of God to penetrate, to reach our heart. It becomes harder and harder for the man of God to be able to reach us because you've, de you've developed and built different defense mechanisms in place to make it to, make it to where, hey, it, it's, it's, it, it, it's hard to get there. Where that conviction, you know, we kind of eh, toss it out and put it out of, out of sight, out of mind. And the thing is, the only way to remove that thorn bush you try to go to a thorn bush, grab it with your hands, and pull it out of the ground with your hands. Ain't going to work. Unless you're crazy and enjoy pain, which we can uh, refer you to people. But you're not going to do that. You're going to need something. You're going to need a glove. Put some gloves on. You're going to need a covering. Something to cover yourself. 
to be able to remove some of these things out. The best, the best thing to do is not even allow the thorn bush to grow. That's the easiest part. Hallelujah. Now, we read verse 22. I'm going to read verse 22. Is that he also, and this was, a, this, is, this was the cool part because Jesus was basically explaining the parable to him. He's like, here's a parable. Here's what it means. 22, he also that receives seed among the thorns is he that heareth the word and care and the care of this world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word and he becometh unfruitful. I always, you know, like to know, you know, like the why. Why do things do happen the way they happen? Um, working with a mental health unit, I have a couple of people that I am dealing with. And when you have a traumatic brain injury, some, some of individuals, you get stuck in one thing and you're just basically stuck on the loop. And so they keep calling 911 and there's nothing that they need. So that's where they're like, hey, Garza, you go talk to him. I enjoy it, but the more I get to know them, the more I figure, I kind of understand, I like to know, well, why, why are they stuck in that certain loop? Or what is the incident? And why do they keep repeating the same things over and over? And everything kind of that new that happens, they fit into that loop that they're stuck in. And... And I always, I, I enjoy talking to them. Some people, I let them yell at me for 20 minutes. And then we're like, okay, just don't call 911 again. <laughs> That's usually how the conversation goes. But it's, and then they, and the next time they're all happy to see me. I'm like, yeah, you yelled at me for 30 minutes. And next week I show up and they're giving me candy, which I don't eat. <laughs> but... I like to understand the why. And so when, when I'm reading here, Jesus is giving the explanation of, hey, this is, you know, the word went out, but they allowed the thorns to grow. And I started trying to, you know, breaking down verse 22. And I got to that part where it says, and the care of this world. So I started looking at care. What you know, I'm like, okay, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna do what my bishop says. I'm gonna go to the Greek. When in the Greek and care means, I hope I'm pronouncing this right. Merimina, merimina. That was care. And what I was like, okay, I mean, I don't know what that means. So it's anxiety. Coming from a, the, the, the Mermina, the root word of that was to divide, separate, cause distraction. You know, because here's the deal. Anxiety, if you read it as such, and the anxiety of this world. Because anxiety causes two actions. One, we can, the anxiety can cause us to try to, you know what, in order to deal with this, I'm just going to try to fit in. Match the climate around me so I can feel that I can help reduce my level of unease and nervousness. Or, and as, I, as I already said, it can cause us, anxiety can cause us to freeze and not do anything. And the thing is, 
that 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 anxiety is what allows the thorn to grow. You know, and this is back to the why stuff. I'm, I'm always I'm amazed. I'm like I'm having this conversation in my own head, talking to myself sometimes. <laughs> yeah, so I'm like, yeah, that's why you went to the mental health unit. <laughs> but you know, sometimes I talk to my wife. Apparently, I talk to her while I'm asleep. It's, yeah, she's, a, she's told me, she's like, man, you're up there yelling, screaming. And I was like, okay. I was like, I slept well. Her, she's over here like, I'm not getting sleep. And then she's like, I got Lincoln. And yeah, I was like, okay. But I've, I've always been like, well, you know, some people, why are we, why are you, why they want to walk away from the thing that's going to save them? Why do people, what, what's going on? What's going through their mind to say, you know what, I've had enough. And, the, and I, this is no scientific study or anything, but the only thing I could think of was it comes down to either them making up in their mind or saying. Most people don't say it, and that's what I've, I kind of got, went in a rabbit hole in my own head. It's like, I do not need this, or I do not agree with this, or I do not need to listen to this. And, it's, and everything that I, I was trying to come up and everything that I could think of started with, I, it's I. It was about what made me feel good and tickled my ears. And the thing is, I even, I said I was going in a rabbit hole in my mind and I was thinking, you know what, most of the time, I, I doubt they even say it out loud. Because if we would say it out loud, it would actually probably shock us of what we're doing. But it, I, I, this is my opinion here, but I feel it's more of us in our minds making some decisions. I don't want this. I don't agree with this. And it allows us to, allows us to let that thorn start growing. Because we, we got, the ground is fertile. Something's going to grow. But what are, is it that we are allowing to grow? What is it that we're saying, okay, hey, I, 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 I got to get into the word. I got to do something beyond these four walls when I'm coming to church. I, I, I got to live for God when I'm outside of those four walls. Hallelujah. We will grow something, but what are we going to grow? We will build a wall. What type of wall are we going to build? We will fix a wall, but how are we going to fix that wall? Are we going to fix it to the things that we like? Or are we going to have a submissive spirit and when the watchman on the wall is saying, hey, this needs to be done, this needs to be done, but we're like, no, I like my wall two feet when it needs to be ten. We make up in our mind and we decide which direction we're going to go. We can stand. Hallelujah. So what do we allow to grow 
after hearing the word. After we've had an experience with God. Because see, you know, we've, sure we may have gotten filled with the Holy Ghost. Sure we may have been baptized in Jesus' name. But it doesn't matter how old our field is, it still needs to be tended to. It doesn't matter how long we've, we've been in that field, it still has to get tended to. Because the moment we stop, thorns will grow. And that will overtake anything else that we've done. And then all this, and I'm going to touch, you know, piggyback off of what, what my wife said. If, because all of a sudden... What we're giving our children and, and generations to come is not going to be the garden. It's going to be the thorn patch. And all of a sudden, there's going to be things and generational things that did not need to happen that now they may have to go through. And until they can get a realization that, you know what, they're going to need a shepherd in their life to go in and pull out some thorns, they will have to live in the thorn patch. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. See, my, my, my biggest fear is when that, when, when is that Matthew 7, 22 and 23, to be one of those where God says, I never knew you. Yeah, you, you baptized in Jesus' name. Yeah, you cast out devils, but I never knew you. See, because we can get deceived by thinking, well, I've done this, I've done that in the past. I've lived for God plenty of years. I'm good. I don't need to submit to anything anymore. I followed the word enough. But those attitudes are what those, those attitudes are those thorns that start creeping in and lead us right to Matthew 7, 22 and 23. Hallelujah. You know, and I, I, I was kind of like my wife. I was like, yeah, I want, I want to be shouting, you know, get, get people jumping and excited. But I got stuck right here because it was God just kept pressing on me saying, hey, someone needs to hear this. That if we keep going, not cultivating that field, not cleaning out some of those things, some of those attitudes and, and mindsets, uh, we're going to allow thorns to grow. And then there's not going to be anything we can do when we're trying to get them out on our own. So the best way is to get, not let the thorn even take root, to, to be cleaning and tilling the soil now. Hallelujah. 